Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 221st episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net, Audio Technica, and those legends over at Manscaped, but more on those guys and gals later. I'm your not-so-humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, the cow Ketsis to my BD1. You can find her on them socials, at Miss Ellie Hart. We're talking about my podcast, Right I Die, aka Miss Ellie Hart. How you doing today? What's happening? Oh, doing well, doing well. I've come to the realization, um, as I saw you sip your coffee, how um, sad I am that coffee just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah, you told me about this, I think, last week. So the... Uh, the magic, magical curative abilities of, of uh, coffee-related caffeine just does not give you that uh, pep in your step anymore. It's just just warm liquid. It's exactly right. And then it's sad too because like I used to go like kind of like you, straight espresso, and then I started adding fancy things to it, a little bit of honey, something to, you know, maybe spice it up a little. But just mm-hmm. caffeine-wise, it does nothing. It's just there. It's a part of the process, but it does nothing. That's correct. I don't know if that means that you've just had too much coffee over the years that you've just become immune to it or maybe your your sort of strength and threshold for caffeine has just uh, been bumped. I don't know. It's very curious because now I'm on to harder stuff. Like Red Bull's Red Bull. <laughs> I was scared to see where you are going to go with that. I'm like, yeah, a cu- couple of shots of ec- ecstasy in the morning. That gets me going. <laughs> a couple of pingers. Um, no, um, Red Bull. And then sometimes if I'm really like really needing it i go like just straight pre-workout jesus christ mm. that stuff gets a pep in your step i've had that a few times over the years and it's uh you know you can taste colors in the air with that kind Sea of stuff time, it is yeah. it is some some strong strong powder that's for sure so do i go on a coffee hiatus is that what i do maybe 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 give yourself like a month off see how you feel i know that's a long time especially <laughs> if you're a daily daily cup or two person like myself but um, maybe see if that would almost like reset your your caffeine immunities and then you come maybe. back to it and you, you get a bit of coffee power again. Maybe. I'll have to test it out. Yeah, because uh, I just finished my, uh, my first for the morning and it certainly helps wake me up every day. But it's weird because I'm sort of similar to you. Like I could drink a, like another um, espresso at like 1am and go to bed five minutes later. Like I'm not one of those people that has a coffee or a tea and can't sleep like it doesn't do that for me but my morning routine it certainly helps like you know help helps get me going in the morning but outside of that i'm i'm pretty good no and i i have that exact same thing where it's um i could have like a nice cappuccino in the evening and a lot of people are like oh you're not going to be able to sleep tonight and i'm like watch me Mm -hmm. and i could probably finish the cappuccino and go see you later and go to bed yeah i'm the same but you see you hear other people and they're like oh no i've had a coffee at 5 p.m i'm not sleeping tonight <laughs> yeah. like it's crazy how, how all the bodies are sort of tuned and, and programmed differently when it comes to, to caffeine intake and whatnot but uh mm. that's that's enough coffee discussion uh for for this week so uh maybe we can jump into what we've been doing uh i sort of alluded to what you've been playing with a couple of character references 
in that opening uh, sting there. So uh, mm. did you want to lead us off with what you've been playing? Yeah, um, as any normal person does, especially with consoles, uh, new gen consoles coming out and new games coming out, uh, what I've sensibly done has actually just gone to Game Pass um, and played some some older games, not too old. And I'm actually seeing the value in that where it's like, hang on a second, I don't really need to buy new games that I'm on the shelf of buying because mm-hmm. Game Pass has now shown that eh, wait a month or two and you can get it within Game Pass. So the realization of also EA Play being attached now to Game Pass and having some EA titles on there, I finally got to start playing uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I well, I did want to play the game. Like it was wasn't like I kind of like poo pooed at it, but it was like eh, it's not really. Mm-hmm. It's it's not on my radar, you know, right now. Uh, and then I saw it was a part of Game Pass. I'm like, you know what? I got this nice new TV as well. Um, let's dive in. Let's let's give it a go. Installed it, and um, it's a really good game, and it's a really good looking game too. Oh yeah, it is slick. Yeah, it's genuinely surprised. Like especially in such throwaway moments, is just walking through, like you know, walking through the ship, or just you know, sneaking through certain like passageways, and just seeing details, just like little details, but just seeing how much um, you know quality is in it and then also uh, extended environment and like seeing like ships in the distance or environments in the distance and the detail within that especially just the starting sequence the starting sequence itself like with the raindrops and then all the um you know broken down well some of them are broken down but you've also got other like ships and flying in and this you know i guess you could say that it's like a scrapyard yeah, yeah, Battleship that's what you describe yard. it as. He's like a scrapper with his with his alien mate. Yeah, so um, just even that, like, I was just, I was absolutely in awe. So, um, playing wise, uh, I I've been enjoying it. I really like the elements of combat, while there's also this uh, kind of like choose your own path kind of mm-hmm. discoverability that it has, which is good for me because everyone knows I don't really like linear paths. In saying that, the first damn planet you're on. I I wandered. I just went off and soon discovered that I clearly do not have powers that I need to uh, get to these certain areas. But boy, did I try. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a bit sneaky like that where you can go to most of these planets straight off the bat, but there's areas that will be closed off until you either get certain abilities or get to a certain level to be able to take down certain enemies in those areas too Mm -hmm. so i like that it rewards you for exploring early but at the same time it'll put the clamps down when you're like whoa whoa cow kensis you're not ready to to go in there just yet just calm your farm come back in a couple of levels yeah so i probably wasted a good chunk of time at the start of um just exploring and getting to places where i shouldn't be so but either way i still appreciate that i also like um having the elements of like scanning things discovering um uh what were they called they're, they're not echoes were they called echoes like the little like stories that you can yeah find. I, I can't remember what they're called but i know exactly what you're talking about um yeah 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 oh, so what are um, they called? echoes sound good for now though let's go with echoes yeah um so for for the most part i'm really enjoying the game but i've had <laughs> i've had this issue and i don't know if it's because like maybe because it's been like maybe remastered or it's been zhuzhed up or whatever for certain consoles but it doesn't matter where my character is apparently it's windy as hell and his coat <laughs> and jacket and everything's just blowing in the wind and 
there's the scene where you first jump into the spaceship that takes you away, like, you know, saves you. And we're clearly inside a spaceship. We're just sitting in a nice cabin hole. Nothing weird's going on. He's... His poncho or whatever it is is flapping. It is going everywhere. I'm like, what is going on here? Look at these dynamic weather effects and how it how it impacts the clothing. And it just kept going. Like it, it's like I don't know. I don't understand what happened, but it just like it didn't matter where I was. Like people's clothes would just be flapping in non-existent wind, <laughs> and I'm just like, this is a little off-putting. Which is a shame because I do still say that the game overall look wise is really stunning but it's just having that moment of you know a real epic like ballad scene of like having his coat just flapping in non-existent wind or he's like (laughs) oh there was also a time where his um his lightsaber was like floating on his hip oh yeah it was more hanging around his butt but and i'm like oh that's that's throwing me off as well but it like it was it's good for a giggle it throws you off a little bit in the immersion side, but overall, I'm still excited to continue playing with it. I like the skill tree element as well, um, the meditation save point, and I like that you know you have that option to meditate and rest, but then the, you you know could recoup your health and then your you know backup health, but then yeah. like by the way, the enemies come back. Yeah, it's it's a good little spin on a lot of these traditional sort of action adventure games where it takes some of the elements from from a souls where yeah you can save and breathe for a minute but everything you've just gone through is now back ready for you again so it's risk reward in a way where if you push through and just run around with less health not to save and know that you can get back to your ship or start point without having to go through waves of enemies or do you do you save get your health back and know that you're gonna be in for another fight getting back to where you need to be so I, i like that dynamic in the game yeah, it definitely um added like a new element of gameplay for me. Like I did feel like there was a good amount of time where I was on the struggle bus for a bit because I, I was dying a lot. But this, uh, you know, credit to the game with me dying a lot, I still kept on, you know, pushing through and wanting mm. to go further. So it's a credit to the game. So um yeah, it's on Game Pass, EA Play. Um, I I think if you didn't play it and you know if you haven't listened to us by now and you know gotten Game Pass, what the hell are you doing? Hundred um, percent. And I'm going to say full disclosure. I also saw that Titanfall Two was on there as well, so I've also downloaded that just to you know do the campaign. So yeah, um, but yeah. it doesn't get anywhere near enough love. Titanfall Two. It's a shame that it didn't sell pretty much bugger all units because that is phenomenal, phenomenal game. Exactly. Um. I got to admit, though, I didn't go to the story. I didn't do the campaign because I loved PvP so much that mm. I was just like, fuck, load it in, let's load up, let's, you know, get in there and shoot each other and jump in our giant mechs. But um, everyone raved about the campaign. I'm like, oh, I feel bad. So now I'm going to install it and actually play the Titanfall 2 campaign for the first time. So you're going to love it. You're going to love it. One. I also like closing up on the Star Wars stuff. I love the customization in the game being able to customize your lightsaber customize the the skins on your little bd1 uh customize mm. your various ponchos or outfits for cow this i think i discovered that way too early because there were elements where it was doing like like just quick you know cut scenes or whatever and everything wasn't matching up because i changed things like as soon as I found it. So. <laughs> hence, the, hence the floating hip lightsaber yeah, and stuff. Maybe that was the issue there. A little too keen on customization. Yeah, but such a great game. It was one of my favorite games of 2019. 
uh, and, and the fact it's included, as you said, in Game Pass now, you've got nothing to lose. If you haven't played it already mm-hmm. and you're an Xbox owner, get on it because it's a hell of a game, you know, 20 plus hours, uh, great combat, great storytelling. And um, Cameron Monaghan, who did the, the mocap and lent his likeness to Cal, he's really great in that in that role. He's actually really fantastic in this role. Like, because I know it's pretty hard to convey like emotion, story, and just a general like feeling of a character, but he actually has done really, really well so far um, in this story. And I, I did notice it. I actually actively noticed it that I wasn't getting like turned off by like corny, cheesy, you know, lines. Like mm. it was actually very genuine. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a big believer in just, just give. Give a lot of these Star Wars licenses to Respawn and just l- tell them to make Star Wars games now because I Do loved, it. loved, loved Jedi Fallen Order. So hopefully we get some form of sequel because uh, it sold really well. It was reviewed and, and rated really highly amongst the community. So yeah, I could see him doing more of this because this game was beautiful to play mm. and to look at. Yeah, looking forward to you know continuing on on that journey. Yeah, something. Something we left on the off the docket that we both played as well. We played a lot of uh, Black Ops Cold War after last <laughs> podcast recording uh, with the Nuketown twenty four seven event last weekend. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier this morning and and having like flashbacks to the trauma from playing that game. And um, the 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 Nuketown event has since passed, I believe, because I haven't played it since then. But yeah, the twenty four seven Nuketown, yeah, yeah, Nuketown on loop is something you wouldn't wish on your enemy like holy moly it is intense and rough and a roller coaster right from the the 10 second countdown to the end i loved i loved it so much and you only dipped a toe into the uh, amount of time spent (laughs) on that map um i continued i kept going and uh, it got to the stage where i actually jumped in hardcore matches Jesus. And like, and held my own, like genuinely held my own in a hardcore match. I don't know what's happening to me, guys. Like I've turned into like, you know, I've gone back to like preteen days and, you know, staying up late in the night just to just full rotation of Call of Duty maps. And now I'm just out there with like all the hardcore people and it's even sweatier, but it's even more fun and just getting in there and just taking names but like the best thing about hardcore though is people are a bit more delicate with their like their nades and their attacks because it's team kill yeah so um you know everyone's being just a little bit more careful i didn't know that until maybe two (laughs) games (laughs) until i killed half my squad (laughs) yeah throwing nades around accidentally shooting people who ran in front of me mind you but still so yeah everyone i am still on that cod wagon i you know you know what this this coincides very very closely to uh your first experience of drinking mountain dew a few weeks ago um i i don't want to say that you've had the cod bug bite you because you drank mountain dew gave a fuel yeah there's some parallels there where i'm like "Hmm, maybe there is some addictive cod or fps qualities in that in that mountain dew special edition you drank so hmm. i didn't eat doritos though so I'm God, you do that and there. you're lost you're lost forever yeah. if you eat the, have them both like that's uh yeah that's that's a slippery slippery slope but uh a slope that is slippery that i uh dabbled in this past week i uh booted up demon souls 
which is the uh, the remaster slash remake, you could say, that was done by Blue Point Studios' PlayStation Five exclusive launch title. Yeah, these uh these Souls games, they know how to uh, fist you seven ways from Sunday. That's for sure. Um, I've only yeah. played for a little bit because actually went down a, a TV rabbit hole this past week, which I'll mention in a sec. But um, yeah, these these Souls games, they're certainly a genre that is not made for yours truly, but I'm going to persist and I want to try and finish Demon Souls. That's that's the challenge I've set myself. I, I've i seen a lot of people return to these games because like, you know, like you've gotten the remastered edition for, is it just on PlayStation right now? or Just on PlayStation, do, just, yeah. Yeah. So seeing a lot of people return back to these games and I don't get it. I don't get it. I tried. I tried. And it is a punish. And seeing any person like persevering, just continue grinding through it to like complete the game. You have my respect and like, you know, a little bit of my like, you know, disapproval at the same time. Just like, <laughs> how can you punish yourself like that? It's just pain. Um, you know how they define insanity, right? Yes, um, indeed playing these games <laughs> exactly but um you know what for just even trying because i've said just straight out no um but for you to actually try i give you props yeah i'll, I'll report back more on this uh next week because i'm still only i'm probably an hour to two into it like i sort of started playing really late last night i intended so to play a few your nights character. <laughs> <laughs> i chose my character i um i, I didn't go the uh the royal class i think it's called which is what is often defined as like the easy class to play because it sort of gives you some items straight off the bat and it's like a bit of a a magic sort of style but if i still struggle i might pivot and go back and and play the easy class because if i'm going to finish it i'm like you know what if this is going to help me slightly in persisting and killing all these monsters and and hopefully not dying dozens upon dozens of times I yeah. will take all the uh, all the the handouts I can. So you've got nothing to prove. Just do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is more of a, a challenge for myself to say, yeah, I can finish a Souls game. Like I finished mm-hmm. Bloodborne, which is a little bit more uh, actiony and f- and forgiving compared to the Souls genres or mm-hmm. Souls mainline games. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna persist. I'm gonna play and finish that between now and when we come back from THG christmas break in january that's my plan i'm going to finish this before we come back in january so that's that's my little goal that's my decree it's on the podcast now and i'm going to get it done um quick uh, quick mention i've started finally watching based off your glowing recommendations uh over the past few months uh, i got back into doom patrol and i have been binging the absolute bejesus out of this show uh, i'm about two-thirds of the way through the second season now so I put down this first season, uh, moved into the second season. Love everything about this show. Like, uh, you know, you, you described it fantastically, I think, over the last few months when you've been watching. But the cast of characters is great. The fourth wall breaking is phenomenal. The actors playing that cast of characters is perfect as well. I think everyone's been, you know, cast in the ideal role. They mm-hmm. know what they're doing. The action's great. The violence is great. The comedy's great. The just overall insanity of this show is great. Like, I don't really know much about the Doom Patrol comic series, so I'm sort of, this is my first foray into that universe. So I uh, did a little bit of research after watching a few episodes, and it feels like it's very on point tonally 
and uh, really nails the characters from the comic and bring them onto the screen. But I'm loving this. I love just the the insanity moment to moment that happens in this and just the the characters and, and how they all mesh or, or don't mesh but still kind of do. You know what I mean? Like there is some friction but it works. <laughs> I think that what they've done really well with this series is um, I think they've really been able to hit the nail on the head of being able to say yeah there's some familiar like you as a viewer are familiar with the world and a lot of things in it because you know it seems like very like world realistic but then they've been able to also just encapsulate like what comic book absurdities you know like all the craziness of comic book like comic book hero movies and all the going abons of like supernatural and everything like that like all the absurdity they've been able to push it into this series without it being just too weird if that makes sense yeah um, yeah so they've just really conveyed it really really well and like you said great casting I, everyone fits perfectly in their role and just the tone overall for this show is just great yeah it's 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 been phenomenal like um it's it's got tone at times similar to like a, a a less intense the boys if there's something that people are looking to compare it to like it's still got that zaniness you better bloody watch that eventually it's still got that zaniness and crassness and foul language and violence and whatnot but it's it's a step back from i guess some of the seriousness that the boys has in spades in certain episodes and, and character arcs and things but it's great I'm, I'm all about this and I've been binging the buggeries out of it this past week. So uh, really happy to finally get on board with that. I'm a little bit late. Like it came out, I think the start of last year, but it's already been announced as a third season coming, which is cool. So it's good to Goodness. see that, that the showrunners and, and people have got an appetite for it and going to keep making it. Yeah. Like um, it started on the DC Universe channel streaming service, which then I think got bought over by HBO Max, I think, um, which is probably done a good service to it because it, there's a good chance that if you know it might have just died on dc universe so glad that um, hbo took it on board um and i hope everyone else has the opportunity now because dc universe i don't think was available in australia you know everyone has the opportunity to actually watch this show and then they should yeah yeah so you can get it on traditional foxtel if people are oh, cool. going that route or i watch it on binge which is the streaming service offshoot of foxtel so yeah, that's and where you I can check it out. Binge this one, you can oh, yeah. like, knock it out. Like first season, actually, first season had a lot of episodes. Second season didn't have as many. Is that right? I think you're right. Yeah, the the first season was I think thirteen episodes, and the second season might only be eleven or something or yeah, ten, something along those lines. Yeah, it was a bit shorter, which made me a little bit sad. But that's 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 okay. It's obviously with reason. I have to ask, just because like. I, hopefully it won't give away too much for people that may be thinking about taking it on but I have to ask you does Dorothy annoy you? Um a little a little uh, okay. like I've, I've tried awesome. to I've tried to keep a, a fairly open mind with the show and, and I think just because there is such an assortment of personalities uh, in the show itself uh, mm. they don't always get continuous screen time and, and spotlight so dorothy a little bit like i don't want to say much more about it yeah than that um i was but curious yeah because yeah, for me yeah. it bit on my nerves which was unfortunate because i had such a successful like just continuous cast of characters where i just love them it didn't matter what, oh like, yeah 
and then it was like that i'm like oh she just yeah but okay cool. yeah yeah like the the primary group you know your jane your reader your vic cliff stuff like that cyborg cyborg's in everything like he's he's just <laughs> the, the copy paste dc superhero they're like okay we need him in titans we need him in um justice league we need him in doom patrol he's everywhere oh this vic like, you can't get enough of vic i like this cyborg there's a he's a very particular character that sometimes is either played um well like um in yeah. one of the animated series like one of them cyborg's really good in an animated series but um i don't know some of the real life live action ones have been a bit kind of on the nose for me so this one yeah. i like though yeah i'm just happy to see brendan Fraser back on the screen yeah, even though even though there's a lot of just lending of his voice to to Cliff Steele for the most part, you still do get some. But it's perfect. Some flashbacks, and it's nice to see him because he is just a a good you fellow. The first, one? <laughs> the first yeah. time you see Brendan Fraser. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the first time, but uh, it's nice to see him back on the screen and, and acting again. Like I know he's yeah. been through some things and and what have you, but uh, yeah, it's cool to see him back in this, and he seems to be enjoying himself with this role. Yeah that's good yeah but yeah check out doom patrol but yeah that's that's sort of what we've been doing this week uh quick bit of housekeeping obviously 8bit.net 8bitnation.net shop 8bit.net they're your main 8bit oriented hubs uh when you're done checking that out obviously head over to audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au to get yourself the best in audio-based equipment you want to set of headphones new gaming headset new microphone you want to try and dabble in content creation you want to do podcasting streaming over the christmas break Audio Technica is the place to go to get yourself started. Uh, they've got some great entry-level gear, but also some more high-end professional stuff. So they've got something for everyone's budget there. We're done checking that out. Obviously, uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts in the hashtag 8 Collective or the other podcasts you're listening to on the regular on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast player of choice is because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. It costs you nothing, takes no time and means the absolute world to us. Uh, and the last bit of housekeeping, obviously uh, the latest episode of The Hungry Game Show is available now via early access over at patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit for the low, low price of $1. You can get access to that episode, which sees Rainbite studio head Jared Trail taking on Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. So that was a PlayStation 3 classic I think it's the best Uncharted game in that entire series. And uh, yeah, listen to that one over at patreon.com forward slash we are 8 bit, but will also be available on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed in the coming fortnight as well. But Miss Hart, shall we quickly uh, talk about our friends over at Manscaped and then get into some news? Let's do it. Okay. So by now, you should all know about our friends over at Manscaped, the masters of below the belt grooming and the purveyors of perfect pubic hair. In order to level up your crotch gun game, you are going to start with none other than the Perfect Package 3.0. It is loaded with everything you need to become the first overall pick in the upcoming Sexy Time Draft. It all starts with a vicious tomahawk jam, aka the Lawnmower 3.0. Complete with advanced skin safe technology, by way of its patented ceramic blade, you'll be safely stroking it from deep in no time. Oh my. It also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant for your 2K-developed spalding ball basketballs. Speaking from a sports fan, clearly. Uh, this, is total, this is a total game-changing buzzer beater. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner. 
that not only refreshes your shooting stroke, but also gives you a little pep in your Euro step. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to store your VC and disposable shaving mats and also the set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, courtesy of 8-Bit, you can get 20% off and free shipping using the code 8-Bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember people, nobody likes a messy set of basketballs. Oh my. So that was, uh, yeah, I went down the uh, the NBA route with uh, a lot of those uh, references. As you I could, know about uh, the quickly sports understand. ball. Sports ball, you did. <laughs> you nailed it. It was the best. Could have done at least an NBA Jam reference for me. I was going to try and weave Galaga. in like a boom. Yep. Next time. Next time. Next time. Yep. <laughs> this week's news headlines. And the first headline I have referenced here or written uh, in the late hours of last night, Call of Looty. Uh, and that is in reference to the Call of Duty franchise surpassing $3 billion US dollars in net booking slash earnings over the past 12 months. That includes console, mobile, and PC. And uh, a couple little hit points here. 200 million people played COD games this past year. What about Bookings are up 80% year on year. Units sold up 40% year on year. Warzone now have now has over 85 million players. And uh, November is the biggest November ever in the, the series' history based for on players and hours on console and PC. So uh, that Get Call life, of Duty guys. juggernaut just keeps on rolling. Get a life. It's just, a, you know, just... <laughs> I think you certainly equated to those November hours uh, yeah, with totally your Nuketown like 24-7. That's totally me. I'm like a good 10% in there. <laughs> but 3 billion US dollars in 12 months, like that is a serious I'm, chunk of change. It that's, makes, uh, makes sense. That's nearly a third of the value of Bethesda and uh, <laughs> you know, Zenimax Media, you know? So uh, go figure. Some, there's some financials for you. I mean, Call of Duty is always going to be a pretty successful franchise. It seems like the fan base is pretty dedicated. Some of us are a little bit late. Um, but for the most part, like, they're on not only console and PC, but they're doing really well on mobile. Like, they're a pretty successful mobile game. So, um, yeah, the, the numbers add up. Yeah, like that is that is some serious cash, some serious player base, like 85 million players on Warzone. Like that is, that's bonkers. Uh, the fact that units sold is at 40% year on year, which is insane. Uh, and then, yeah, seeing November, which saw the saw the release of, of Black Ops Cold War, uh, making it the biggest November they've had in the, in the franchise's history for players and hours on console and PC. Like... Mm. People are still just as hungry for these games as they were 10, 15 years ago, which is which is crazy to think about. Yeah. The next one, as far as big, big numbers, Fortnite's show-stopping Marvel finale drops a huge cliffhanger. And uh, Epic Games has announced a record-breaking 15.3 million concurrent players for its Marvel season finale event, the largest in-game total for Fortnite ever. A further 3.4 million people watched live via YouTube and Twitch. Epic also said so. Like this me. uh this finale saw you taking on Galactus, uh, obviously the uh the, the planet eater himself, mm-hmm. uh, cruising around in like a 
What was it? It was like a, a Fortnite bus on rails, right? The battle yes, bus. The battle bus, but it had um, I I believe Iron Man was the person who um, you know, stocked them all up with like like some kind of like grenade Exp- bomb yeah. thing charger so yeah it was a very interesting event like i've seen a few of these um fortnight like season finale kind of events that they've done and this one i think has been probably the most um like involved in the sense that players actually got to do something so in the buses they got to fight a little um i don't know if they could actually die i witnessed a few people kind of crash into things and stuff but um yeah, it looks cool. Like it was always the the events are always kind of special, especially mm. for the Fortnite community. Um, I watched on Twitch, and uh, full disclosure, Twitch broke. Um, <laughs> so that's how successful the event was. Um, but you know, I, I think it's great that they do these kind of event things that people kind of look forward to. I saw a really sweet message of a dad saying that he get to he got to experience um the event for the first time with their kid. I believe the time of day as well helped as well. I think that usually, like, it's always at iffy times as well. So, yeah. That's good to see. And, yeah, this game just keeps going from strength to strength. And I know there was a lot of <clears throat> Marvel flavor in this past season with a pretty pretty good assortment of characters making their way to the game and, and some of the skins. Like, yeah, you mentioned Iron Man that was part of the this finale. Wolverine was in there. I know Thor, I think, pushed the yeah. battle bus along in one scene too. So, they're... Yeah. They're bringing a good assortment. Um, you know, I saw Mystique skins running around a lot uh, in in game as well, and what have you. It's it's crazy. Like uh, they're just constantly blurring the lines across these various uh, pop culture mediums with gaming and TV and comic and film all all merging on the uh, the Fortnite arena itself. And it's crazy. Like you think this game was going to, I guess, decline because like for all intents and purposes the gameplay loop hasn't changed so you think there'd be a bit of fatigue and a bit of staleness coming in but they just keep doing these events and doing these seasons that seem to reinvigorate the the game itself and keep people hanging around like i've got less than zero percent interest in playing fortnite but that's no shot to epic or the game itself it's just not a not a game and the building thing just doesn't mesh with what i want but doesn't sit with me yeah clearly the rest of the world feels differently 15.3 million concurrent players is is bonkers plus a free game is a free game that's true that's true uh and the next little headline i've got in here which kind of weaves in nicely to that Fortnite discussion who wants a crossover uh obviously uh we'll sort of talk about the the four guy uh the not the four guy stuff the Fortnite stuff first and uh we've just seen uh the mandalorian and grogu aka baby yoga uh, baby yoda baby yoga <laughs> namaste there is probably something where they've got babies doing yoga out there as some new age yoga. thing if yeah. they've got goat yoga anything exists yeah yeah well baby baby goats are called kids so there's kid yoga at least so maybe there's mm-hmm. baby baby the yoga kid. somewhere too the child child yeah oh it's full circle it's all connected it just works but yeah the mandalorian and baby yoda aka grogu uh now available in Fortnite, and uh also hot off the press this past week kratos from the God of War franchise, yeah. Sony exclusive IP has made his way to the game, but he's available on all platforms, not just PlayStation 4 and 5. So you can have a Kratos skin on the Xbox or the Switch or the yeah. PC. What is going on? 
It's um, I've seen already some memes and stuff like that of people using the crater skin because if you use the crater skin, then you can use any emote with um within Fortnite. So I've seen Kratos floss. I've seen him do like very interesting dance routines now, and I've got to say it really just eliminates the badass veil that Kratos has like yeah. established for himself. It's absolutely just diminished it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I know for the PlayStation players that are using the Kratos skin, they get a, a special unique skin uh, that's it's only available on that platform as well. But yeah, he's, the fact he's available on, you know, if you want to if you want to be that person, you know, enemy platforms, the fact that you can play as Kratos on an Xbox Series X or S or Xbox One S or X is crazy. So I feel... And there's a lot of rumors going around. I'm clearly not the only one that's thinking that we're going to see like a Master Chief or something pop up next or, you know, these other sort of stalwarts of, of various franchises from potentially closed off IPs making their way to Fortnite skins. Like it makes too much sense not to see some kind of exclusive character. Maybe maybe Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War pops up next on, on this. Like I think we're going to get an Xbox-oriented uh, IP make its way into Fortnite anytime now yeah i mean it's clearly it's it's more about what um you know the team is epic um how much they're willing to pay for the ip because a part of me kind of says like well what does like you know what do they benefit out of like having kratos in the game like you assume it was a marketing stunt right like yeah you know, oh there's a new you know god of war game coming out let's put him in the game but clearly they don't need it so clearly it's on the shoes on the other foot where it's you know Fortnite. maybe maybe it was diminishing in numbers i don't know and then maybe they wanted these like in these very specific characters to bring people back i know people came back i know people jumped in there and you know they um got the mandalorian yeah instantly. like it was like if I was half interested in the game, I would have jumped in and paid real money to get the, some of these skins because if I could roll around as Mando and stuff, sign me up. You know, if I could roll around as Wolverine or Kratos or Master Chief or maybe Banjo Kazooie makes his way there. You know, you've mm -hmm. got the backpack part sorted out then as well. Has to fit the, uh, um, the mold, really. Oh, I guess not. They've gotten one in there now that's got pancake for a head. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And the corn cob person as well. Oh, but uh Banana. yeah who knows but um outside of that another game doing good things obviously is four guys uh they've confirmed that doom guy is making his way to that franchise as well they haven't given us a fixed date yet they've just uh done a little bit of sort of cross cross social promotions and things but uh yeah the doom guy outfit is making its way to four guy four guys world as well just realize it's gonna be a super cute short chunky little like doom guy like he's yeah. just gonna be like an absolute nugget it's that gonna be the best sounds cute that actually sounds really cute it's two it's two ips that you never thought would work together like you think of over the top brutality for, in doom and then you've I mean, got <clears throat> sweet nice weird little jelly bean creatures in fall guys but it's gonna people, work people were able to combine doom and animal crossing so Anything's That's possible. True. Doom guy's just coming across to be this real sweetie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> gets gets his killing done and then he sits back and relaxes and has a nice cup of hot chocolate and reads bedtime stories or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Doom guy coming to Fall Guys very soon. Um, something else that uh, has arrived uh, very soon or earlier than expected, that's at least for sure, is the Cyberpunk 2077 Collector's Editions. 
they've been shipping early from your friends over there in Best Buy. Sadly, mm. we don't have any of this news coming on on our side of the fence. No EB Games or Target or JB Hi-Fi shipping these things out early over here. That's for sure. But yeah, Subpunk 2077 street date has been broken. So uh, the game obviously is slated to come out on the 10th. But uh, yeah, US retailer Best Buy having uh, shipped multiple copies of the game's collector's edition well ahead of that release date. CD Projekt uh, Red put out a statement through the official Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account addressing copies of the game shipping ahead of launch. The statement warns users who received the game early not to stream or create Let's Plays before December the 9th or else the max tack will be sent after them. And they're the people who apparently take down and remove content. So that's the the internet police. Uh, mm. They're going to be coming for people that's going to try and leak. And you know full well there's going to be a gajillion streamers and YouTubers and content creators trying to get those clicks and eyes by showing some of this game early. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could probably jump on YouTube or just Google it right now and you'd probably find a gajillion uh, videos that will probably get taken down over the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, moments. people just yeah. want to be on the front line. So... Lucky to the people that received it early. I yeah. can say that. Well, and full disclosure is also that these people will not be getting the day one patch. Yeah, so that's true. They've, they've got a like different edition right now, so they don't have the fully finished fledged game. So um, I, I doubt that like you know too many would be diving in because you you'd want the you want the best experience. I don't know. You know, some people are like I played uh, it I'd early. be playing it. I'd be playing the shit out of this if I had it early. Still still waiting, Bandai, Namco, please send me that Xbox key soon because I'm ready to play. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if I had it early, I would be all over this. Like it was, I, I guess it's, you know, it's something that we've, we've mentioned and we deal with here. Like when we do get uh, press copies of games early, we don't usually have that day one quality upgrade patch. So we are playing a game that could be potentially slightly undercooked or have a few bugs that they didn't get a chance to work through and that uh, launch day patch is going to fix it. So you sort of do have to be mindful of that. But Mm. I'd be playing the absolute shit out of this game if I had a copy arrive this week. Like, my goodness gracious (laughs) me. I probably would too. I'd probably at least like load it up a little just to see what I'm dealing with. But yeah. Yeah. No, I just... Just my lack of patience with things like that. I'm like, no, nah, give it to me now. I don't care if it's broken. I'm playing the hell out of it. Keanu, let's go. New release games, stolen pies. You're just like right in there. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Take a step yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. You you wait the 24 hours, but I, I want that fresh pie straight off the stolen, <laughs> straight off, straight off the stolen windowsill. And that game, I'm cracking that plastic the second it arrives. Like, give it to me. Crack Give me that plastic. pie all around my mouth. All right. The uh, the next little bit of news titled Comings and Goings. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it just synergizes so well. BioWare so General cool. Manager Casey Hudson and Dragon Age executive producer Mark Dara have announced their departure from the studio. Hudson began his tenure at BioWare back in 1998 eventually serving as project director on the likes of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect. He parted ways with the company for the first time in 2014, but returned after a brief spell at Microsoft in 2017. In a new post announcing his retirement from the position of general manager at Bioware, he says, in order to make way for the next generation of studio leaders, it's not an easy decision to make and big changes like this always come with a certain degree of sadness, end quote. I'll miss being able to work every day with our inspiring developers on the biggest and most exciting projects I can imagine, he continued. But I also know that this is a good time for a change for both myself and Bioware. 
Mark Darra, who has served as executive producer on all Bioware's mainline Dragon Age games, offered similar sentiments in his own departure post, writing that his decision to retire from his position at, uh, from his position at Bioware was a very difficult one. Not to be outdone, Kichiro Toyama, creative, uh, creator and director of Silent Hill, has also left, but uh, obviously left PlayStation after more than 20 years at SCE Japan Studio. Toyama has formed a new company, Bokeh Game Studio, and is joined by The Last Guardian and puppeteers Kazunobu Sato, along with Gravity Rush lead designer Junior, uh, Junior Akura and other former colleagues. So some big... Uh, big changes especially on the bioware front like casey hudson has been uh just about the man at bioware for a good long time like he was a general manager had a lot to do with the mass effect franchise uh, had a bit to do with anthem and he was actually tasked with i guess trying to get anthem back on track Whoa. jury's still out on that one but um this is crazy and it happened very suddenly like um these these two these two gents Mark and Casey gone from Bioware no confirmation yet of where they're going why they've actually went outside of I guess this sort of pseudo fluff piece you know mm. their their you know thanks for the time time to move on type of situation and then on the other end uh, Bokeh Game Studio starting up with uh, Kichiro Toyama creator and director of Silent Hill getting in amongst that um, that makes me excited because. Obviously, we didn't get Silent Hills. We got the PT demo, then we got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is still strong rumors that Kojima has been uh, tasked with tackling another Silent Hill game. So maybe that kind of makes sense here with Kichiro leaving. He's gone now. Maybe Sony or even Kojima have paid Konami a lot of money to get that IP to, to let him have a crack. I feel we may see something like that announced at the Game Awards uh, potentially Ooh, in a week. That is good timing. But um, big changes afoot amongst a uh, couple of pretty big developers right there. What do you think? Um, I think it's a good sign. Like if the like whether these um, you know these you know big wigs of the industry essentially like the you know big names, the people that have been in the industry for quite some time, if they are making these moves where you know they're either making their own studio or maybe maybe they're going to another studio, it shows that the gaming market is still expanding it's competitive it's diverse like it's it's a positive like we there was a stage where we were really worried when we saw like a lot of small companies either disband get bought out or taken over and we were a bit worried that there was going to be almost like a monopoly Mm -hmm. um but you know the fact that people are going out and they're making their own studios and they have the ability and the confidence to go out there and say you know we've we've got ideas and we feel confident enough in our product to go out there and, you know, do it ourselves. I, I think it's a positive. So, um, you know, maybe maybe we're going to get some kind of like Bioware alternative or Dragon Age alternative or maybe something completely new. And I'm like you, I would love to see something of, you know, a Silent Hill variety, like, yeah. you know, coming back out there. Um, so I, th- I think moves and, you know, you know, big moves and drops and, these kind of actions are positive for the industry. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think at the end of the day, um, you know, these people are all human and whether they they weren't happy in their current situations at True. Bioware or um, with, at PlayStation there, or they, they just had a new opportunity or they really want to spread their wings and, and go out on their own and, and try and find more success doing it completely off their own back. Like you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due for, for taking that potential risk and, mm. um, like Bokeh Game Studio, they've got a couple of good people involved there. Like uh, 
Kazunobu Sato, who uh, most recently did The Last Guardian, which was very well received, uh, you know, which was the, the remake that dropped on PlayStation 4. Uh, people are all about that. And um, yeah, Gravity Rush is also uh, pretty positively taken around the around the gaming water cooler as well. So they've got some some good um, good mind share and, and, and abilities there at uh, Bokeh Game Studio. But I'm very curious to see, especially where Casey Hudson's going to end up. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, he, he is Mr. Bioware for all intents and purposes. Uh, he did have a, have a spell at Microsoft. Is he going back there? They've oh. got a lot of studios. Do they need some more uh, voices and, and direction with some of these IPs that they're working on? Who knows? Yeah, I like, I mean, you know, Mass Effect, um, you know, some attachment to Mass Effect. So mm. I was curious exactly like how you were taking it, um, considering. Yeah, well, we, we know uh, Andromeda was uh, not the best, to, to put it lightly. So uh, we, we do have the, the sort of remaster of the original trilogy coming out next True. year, yeah. which, which will, uh, you know, quench a lot of people's uh, Mass Effect thirsts. But there, there is going to be continuity in that universe. So Mass Effect 5, or if they're just going to almost <laughs> scrub Andromeda and call it Mass Effect 4, uh, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, no doubt there's a, enough people still at Bioware that are passionate about that franchise that will steer it in the right direction. Like I know Casey Hudson, and, and he would have had a, a good influence on that game, but he wasn't there in the trenches, I guess, on the daily, yeah. writing these storyboards and, and doing the animation and blah, blah, blah. Like he was just sitting at the top, making sure the game came out on time. But yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, yeah. Some big pillars. Mark Dara as well. Like I love the Dragon Age franchise. We've still got a new Dragon Age game uh, in the works at the moment. We've seen nothing but a little bit of concept art and things like that kicking around. But yeah, that's, that's slated for sometime in the next few years as well. So having the executive producer of, of that game step aside is going to be interesting. But uh, yeah, times are changing out there at Bioware, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Onwards and upwards. Maybe they can go join Respawn and pick up the old Knights of the Old Republic licensing oh. and get Respawn to do it over there, uh, which weaves into our early discussion about Star Wars. So, so yeah. Respawn's doing that's- well. They are doing well. They make great games. I love Respawn. One of my favorite mm. studios. All right. So the last bit of news I wanted to, to talk about on THG221 is the, the Game Awards obviously happening this coming week. So we thought we'd, uh, we'd predict a handful of winners. We're not going to go through every category because there is many. Uh, so I think we grabbed five. So we're going to predict our winners. And that way, having the odd number of awards, we can potentially get a definitive winner here, potentially. Or maybe because there is five to six nominees in some of these, some of these categories, we could get none. But we'll, we'll work out a way. <laughs> we'll work out a way for for the winner to be uh, to be rewarded. Uh, I, I suggested um, I would uh, order you guys a pizza over there, and you could do the same if it happens yeah. over here. Something like that. Something something silly. Something great. Sadly, uh, pizza's not silly, my friend. <laughs> This well, is it, a very serious matter. It is. It is here for me. Like, because if you're going to get pizza delivered to me, my favorite pizza shop is far away from me. So uh, I can't get my favorite delivered. So I'd have to settle for like a Domino's. Like, it's all right. Like, I'm still happy. Free pizza, free pizza, right? So it's still a exactly. win. Exactly. But uh, yeah. So so maybe we can start things off. We, we've grabbed our categories. Uh, but as a little byline, I just wanted to sort of say there is so many esports awards at the Game yeah. Awards. My goodness gracious, there's even an eSport award for best eSports coach. Like, 
when best esports fan next year i don't know best esports fantasy art i don't know what they're gonna do like it's getting out of control and why does everyone in esports have to have a funky nickname like the coaches the shoutcasters everybody couldn't they just be their name they don't need to be like james wizard master 726 smith you know couldn't it just be james smith like obviously that's a completely fictitious person but what's with all this I think it's because, like, as with the coaches, like, a good chunk of the coaches, they themselves come from a gaming background. So when you establish yourself as a gamer and, you know, in a community, you get known as your tag, your username. So when you then move on to maybe your role as being a coach, you know, if someone said your full name, they might not understand who you are. But if they say your gamer tag, it's like, oh, oh, I know who that person is. So that makes sense. That makes sense. But I'm Sorry, still not getting off that hill. <laughs> Yeah, my old man mentality. I'm still in that hill. Enough of these weird aliases. Give me, give me some, give me some Jane. I don't know. Give me some Johns and Janes and just some I'd, normal. I'd love to see like these like award sessions getting even more formalized and then having the say. And the winner is Direwolf four four twenty. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Imagine some of these coaches if they had some sort of controversial names. Imagine, imagine awarding them to. You know, people like that. But anyway, anyway, the first award we're going to be talking about is Best Multiplayer and what uh, the Game Awards defines that is as outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. Mm. So the five nominees, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Four Guys Ultimate Knockout and Valorant. Where are you casting your vote, Miss Hart? I'm going to give my vote to Animal Crossing New Horizon because I feel like it does the multiplayer experience pretty well. Um, and it's just, one, you know, it was a great game. And I definitely, it was probably the one game that I played with so many different people from so many different gaming groups. So I, th- I think that's, that's a good way to um, to sort of cast your vote. I think what you've mentioned there is, is very valid. Like we, we've spoken very highly of that game very regularly here on, on the hungry game as we even did like a, an animal crossing focused episode with just how big an impact this game was having on ourselves, but the world at the time as well. So I think, I think you're in with the strong shot. Like it's a very strong list of nominees here. Like yeah. Valorant yeah, was-, <laughs> was the new offshoot from uh, riot games, which is, which is really developing a player base and a, and a hunger out there as, a, as far as a competitive shooter among us blown the hell up. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, we already talked about some of the numbers earlier True, yeah. uh, with what Warzone are doing. And then my my vote for best multiplayer is going to go to Four Guys Ultimate Knockout. So that was a little sleeper hit by Mediatonic, PlayStation and PC exclusive for now. Uh, Doom crossover coming imminently. <laughs> but this game just went boom. Like it yeah. came out of nowhere and just smashed records and got everybody playing and people are still playing now they're bringing out new seasons it's good fun chaotic frenetic frustrating funny all the adjectives like it is a wave of emotions this game and i love it don't get me wrong though like as much as like i'm pretty confident i actually in both of our choices of like animal crossing and fall guys a part of me really really wants among us to win it like yeah I really do. I want them to have like been this company that created a game, you know, essentially had to go to sleep on it and the next thing you know, win an award like so many years later. I would love that. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. I'd I'd prefer to see Among Us or Four Guys win because they are the two indie games out of the five there. You know, small studios came out of nowhere and just blew up the, the gaming space. So yeah. uh but as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if any five of those won because they've yeah. all stood in their own in, in various ways. Valorant, maybe not so much, but the other four, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right games suck it right with your bad business practices and staff issues constantly but uh next title or next award category sorry best family game and this is for the best game appropriate for family play irrespective of genre or platform uh we see a couple of repeat offenders from the best multiplayer here so we've got animal crossing new horizons crash bernicoot 4 it's about time four guys ultimate knockout mario kart live home circuit minecraft dungeons and paper mario the origami king where are you voting? Um, I'm going to vote for Minecraft Dungeons because I feel like it's the only one where you could kind of actually play co-op, <laughs> like as a family. <laughs> that's, that's true, really. Like um, there is some multiplayer aspects in some of these games, but mostly you're competing against said yeah. family members. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a smart way to look at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it sort of stands alone in that regard. Yeah, Animal Crossing... Um, yeah, like I, I like as a family aspect, you needed that would mean you would need like four switches or you know because yeah. like that's as oh no you could have more people over couldn't you but like let's just say a family of four as a standard, like you would need four switches. Crash Bandicoot, um, I is that a co-op or is that just a? I've got it still yet to play it. Like it does have um, cr- Crash and Coco in it, so maybe there is some some two player action there. But uh, yeah. I've got no skin in that game. I've got the game and it's still in the plastic. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, like if I was to really give this like something on the basis of a family game, like a family coming together and playing a game together, maybe Fall Guys, maybe. And like Minecraft, the Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Like, isn't that an interesting one to mm. get in there? Yeah, and it, it's sort of the latest, like the later release on this list as well. Like it only came out about a month or so ago. Yeah, so, uh, very recent. Like it's it's unique and it certainly stands apart from the rest of these games in what it is because it is that augmented reality, you know, mixing mixing real life and game life together as far as building your tracks out and whatnot. So it could get some votes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Animal Crossing New Horizons here. Uh, I know it's not family in the ways you mentioned like you would need multiple switches and things but i think the heart this game showed and i guess the way it brought people together at the time i think it might win in that regard like it did create this big family type of community environment where everybody was playing this game everybody was talking about this game like my mum bless her heart even started playing it even though it was the uh the the mobile phone version of it so i'm just thinking yeah. yeah, it did bring families together in certain ways. So I'm going to say Animal Crossing New Horizons there. Yeah, it's fair. I like I I always felt this like family game category was a bit weird, like on determining what a family game or what makes a good family game. So that's just my brain coming from like a Nintendo 64 generation of Mario Party. Like that to me was like a family game. Yeah, I love Mario Party. Same. So much. So much. Okay. <laughs> The next award we're gonna we're gonna cast our vote on uh, content creator of the year. And this is for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2020. The nominees were or are 
Alana Pierce, JN Lopez, Nick Merckx, Tim the Tapman, and Valkyrie. Hmm. This one's an interesting one because I I think every um every contender on this list like could own it like deserve it you know like they're all potential winners they've all done great things where they're you know it's for like groups or charities or whatever so this one's a hard one this one's actually genuinely a hard one i'm i'm just gonna gonna take the the low-hanging fruit and, and go ozzy 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 oi 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 and um chuck my vote behind alana pierce on this uh she's she's doing a lot of good things obviously she was heavily involved um doing stuff over over with sort of the Rooster Teeth crew and doing her own thing, doing her own podcast with Troy Baker and her other assortment of very fantastic, talented people, streaming, uh, doing a lot of charity work mm-hmm. and uh, now picking up the job with uh, Sony Santa Monica working on you know the new God of War and whatever else that's, uh, that Santa Monica Studios are up to. So I'm going to throw it behind her just to do a little bit of patriotism. Yeah, that's very, very fair. Like, if one one of us should have probably picked her regardless. But that's not to say just because she's Australian. She does a lot of amazing stuff. Yeah. She uses her, like, platform and her audience for good. She's usually pretty good about being, um, you know, you know, speaking up about, like, bad, you know, practices or, you know, bad behaviours in communities, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I, she definitely deserves to be there as a contender, especially between us two. Uh, I don't know who to pick. I like a part of me because this is a sign in to vote process. I'm now just going purely by who I feel like has the 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 fan base that has the time to kind of mm-hmm. you know do the votes. So I'm thinking Nick Merckx, and this is just purely just as a like a stat kind of thing, as in like how many people could vote. So I'm thinking Nick Merckx. Okay, so you're going with the the power of community and thinking all yes. these phase phase fans and things like that are going to get behind him and he's mm. and he's leaked gameplay. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think that's a smart bet. I think I would not be surprised if any of these five win, based off that reason you mentioned, because they've all got pretty big followings and very yeah. big social presences and what have you, and and they're all talented and doing <clears throat> doing great things in a whole host of uh, areas. So, yeah, good luck to whoever picks that one. Um, up as far as the the award winner uh the second last award we're going to cover off here is best performance that's awarded to an individual for voice over acting motion and or performance capture and the nominees are ashley johnson as ellie uh, laura bailey as abby dasuke to uh as jin jin sakai logan cunningham as hades and naji jita as miles morales so i've played three out of those four games still yet to play Hades even though everyone that has played a second of it adores that game mm-hmm. and uh has some major attraction to some of the characters apparently there's some pretty sexy gods in this game uh, a lot of seen some pictures, a lot of thirsty gamers uh, playing Hades it. that's for sure <laughs> I totally understand it some, some of them are pretty good I, I like I've, I remember watching gameplay of this way back when it was like maybe it was like alpha beta on PC and the style of the game did look great. I loved how tongue-in-cheek it was. So I will eventually play Hades. <clears throat> eventually. It's on eventually. most platforms now, which is great. So you can just pick and choose where you want to play. Exactly. All right. So um, who, who are you voting for for best performance? The, I've unfortunately not really bad witness to many of these. Like I haven't played any of these games. Like I, everyone knows I dabbled in like 
like what 20 minutes of miles morales so i haven't gotten yeah. the full experience of that you've got to go back i will i will but i want to go on a good footing so i will um but i like based even though i haven't played it and i'm obviously not the best person to uh, advocate for this game because i've had you know a bit of a poo-poo attitude um but i've heard a lot of great things as laura bailey as abby um, even I like was like, fuck yeah, because, you know, she had like, she was a really fit female like lead and she was like strong and passionate. And so I'm thinking I'm going to go with Laura Bailey as Abby. That's, that's a good one. Like I've, I've played and finished three of these four games still yet to play a second in Hades. So I've had a lot of time with all of these lead characters and I think they're all phenomenal for one, like, um, for those those games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Miles Morales, and Last of Us Part Two, three brilliant games released this year. So wouldn't be surprised to see anyone win this. But I'm going to go with Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Similar reasons to what you said, like Ellie, yeah, and, and Ashley's portrayal of her. She's not this physically imposing force that Abby is in the game, uh, but she is still a very strong-willed woman. They're both great lead lead characters, both great lead protagonists slash antagonists as well depending on where you sit with this game and just seeing both of their their character arcs play out and um just the, the sheer level of emotion that these two women go through and laura and ashley as portraying these two women would have went through to deliver this this uh on screen is phenomenal like it's it's one of the best games we've ever played and I adore both of these characters. I hated both of these characters at times. I love both of these characters at times. So, yeah, I, I'm very split. Like, um, I'm I'm happy to to park uh, my car or plant my flag on Ashley Johnson for this one as Ellie because it was great to see her story play out, but also great to see what Laura Bailey did as Abby. And yeah, I'm I'm hoping either of those two pick it up because yeah, they. They, they could win the award together. Like, it could be a split. I wouldn't be surprised to see that because, um, yeah, love what they both did and just love that game. Mm. You're not so much. You're not a Last of Us gal. <laughs> linear storylines. Sorry. Mm. I, I love good story. Anyway, the, the last award we're going to be tackling here on episode 221 uh, when in reference to the Game Awards is obviously the big one, Game of the Year. Which, recognizing, uh, which recognizes a game that de- delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. And the nominees are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. Miss Hart, what say you? Where are you casting your vote for Game of the Year of 2020? Everyone, I know I... St- talked about animal crossing a lot this year and i know i rave about it however i'm actually gonna go with hades because <laughs> everyone, wow. everyone fucking loves that game the and swerve the swerve um i think i've said this maybe i said this last episode where i can appreciate animal crossing and the impact it had um like globally um on a global level and also on just on a mainstream level as well, but there's something about putting it as a game of the year contender, especially with all the games that are here um, in the lineup. And I just can't see it like, like reaching the, like, I don't know, maybe it's like a complexity level, like my assumption of like complexity and detail and like 
what I feel maybe like I've always here we go I've always kind of hated the idea of game of the year like what makes yeah. a game of the year like how do you put that in a nutshell and say this is it this is the game that beats all games it's an it's an iffy thing so right now I'm just going purely on the basis of popularity um you know everyone loved it everyone raves about it like everyone has you know I've seen just people convert and just pick it up just purely based on the hype so that's why i'm picking hades i like that i I like that you've gone i guess with the underdog the Mm. the underdog the little indie gem that is gathering a lot of momentum and we've seen a lot of indie games in in a whole host of award uh award sort of uh entrances out there not just this but dice and stuff like that golden joysticks you see a lot of these indie games getting a lot of love and and which is completely justified. So I think it could potentially pick this up because, yeah, people love this game universally. There's five other really good games there. And I'm with you, like Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah, it's no technical masterpiece. Like the gameplay loop is very similar. It's gorgeous though. The characters are very endearing. A lot of time and investment can go into building out your island and and making that little world your own, which I love. Uh, Doom Eternal, phenomenal. Still haven't played any Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it gets a lot of love. Ghost of Tsushima is certainly up there for me as as a contender. I loved everything about that game from the aesthetics to the combat to the story to the soundtrack to just just everything in that game was just mm, sucker punch. Uh, could potentially win with that, but I'm going to side with The Last of Us Part Two. So I guess we're going different ends. Like I'm going the the big AAA juggernaut that has been called a game of the year before the game even came out several years ago, you know, once it was announced where you're yeah. going with the the little the little indie gem. So it's it's very much um Jacob uh what is it? Is it no it's not Jacob vs. Goliath. Who is it? David vs. Goliath. David vs. Goliath. <laughs> Jacob vs. Goliath. No, Jacob Fuck. tried. He you know Jacob. He tried. He tried yeah. before David. Yeah, exactly. He, he, so he it is very much giant. yeah. Yeah, we got David vs. Goliath going on here, but The Last of Us Part Two, uh, even though you did say yet yeah, linear storytelling, it's still one of the best stories I've I've experienced and seen played out in a game. <laughs> like, like, let's be clear, as I always say, I can understand it being a perfect game, a great you know great casting, great acting, you know, compelling storyline and everything like that. And I've just come to the realization for me, I really don't like, like strictly like story-based games where they kind of just set you on your path you know yeah, you don't so. like being on rails exactly exactly yeah. so i don't deny the fact that it's a fantastic game and it's loved by many and you know a lot of work and you know hardship went into it um there's a lot of love in it but just it's not for me yeah 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 that's it like it's not it's not a bad game it's just not for you exactly yeah and that happens exactly exactly and and that that's could be something like what i'm doing with demon souls right now like it's a great game but right now it's not for me but i'm gonna persist and see if maybe it becomes for me who knows but uh mm-hmm. yeah the last of part two is where i'm casting my vote here uh loved everything about that game as i said uh phenomenal uh go back and listen to the spoiler cast that jono and i did on the last of us part two uh several months back now to get some more insight and more structured uh thoughts and opinions on it but um yeah adored everything about it the emotional loop that i went on playing that game highs and lows and everything in between my goodness gracious uh so 
yeah, shout out to Naughty Dog for, for bringing that one to the screen. And I can't wait for the Last of Us TV series, which has been greenlit and all signed off and it's gone full order. So we've got a series uh, on the way. But uh, yeah, that's our thoughts for the upcoming uh, yeah, Game Awards, which are happening this this coming week. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Were we, were we on base? Were we off base? Did we, uh, did we make some silly decisions here? Where would you have cast your vote? Hit us up on them social, obviously, as a collective at We're8Bit, or if you want to email us, hello at 8bit.net. But uh, let's move into this. New releases and events. So, obviously, the game on everybody's lips, uh, which is in some people's hands already, courtesy of Best Buy in the US, uh, yep. coming P-O-P-O out on December the 10th. Tetris 2. <laughs> no, not Poyo Poyo Tetris 2. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not Poyo Poyo Tetris 2, not on my lips, that's for damn sure. But yeah, Cyberpunk 2077 oh. is finally here. Landing on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Offshoot, Stadia, and PC. Holy moly, it is finally here. Even if the they did troll us this past week with another fake press release and put the old uh, Rick Roll in there where we all thought it was going to get delayed again. So cheeky, cheeky CD Projekt Red doing things. But um, that's the game I think we're all talking about this week. Um. Also want to mention too that uh, Control and Doom Eternal, obviously Doom Eternal, which is a potential Game of the Year nominee at the Game Awards, they're both now part of Xbox Game Pass as well. Yeah, see, don't 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 have to buy games when they get released. Just wait for Games Pass, man. Ooh, yeah, but nothing else on that. Uh, like no other games or events or, or films that are coming out this week that uh, you wanted to highlight. Nothing that I can think of. Just Warner Brothers doing crazy things with all their movies next year going to HBO Max. I can't freaking wait. I like. I thought they were going to sideline us and just be like, yeah, yeah, if you have HBO Max, just pay a little bit and then you can get these new releases. No, no, we just get them straight out. It's going to be great. Yeah, like I love it. But at the same time, I'm hoping all these films, because they're going to hit cinemas over here and in other parts of the world because we don't have HBO Max. So I'll still get to go to the cinema to watch some of these movies. But I hope they're going to be the same release day as HBO Max. Like if we get weird Aussie staggered dates sometime, you know, sometimes oh, movies release when? a few months later. I'll be so fucking pissed. Remember back in the day when we would get late movies? Yeah, like we, we even had it like the last couple of years. Like um, John Wick 3 was day one, but John Wick 2 didn't come out till like three months after it hit cinemas in the US here in Australia. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, so yeah. boo you whores. All right, last part of the pod. Tweet of the week. This comes via way of at Lord Balvin. And the tweet simply reads, Oh my fucking God. And that's all capitals, one line each with a full stop after that to emphasize the the excitement and importance. Oscar Isaac to star as Solid Snake in Sony's Metal Gear Solid movie. And then it was funnily enough, um, a little lead on on the back of that uh, where in March of 2019, Uh, Oscar Isaac is doing a little bit of a media junket for Triple Frontier and he's actually calling back then that he wants to play as Solid Snake in a Metal Gear Solid movie. So he was sort of, you know, putting the bat signal out there saying, yo, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, here it is. He's uh, allegedly been cast as Solid Snake, which I could see playing out perfectly. He's a very talented actor. Yeah, he's Like Apocalypse, all things aside, that movie, like he was great in the role the art and the aesthetic and the look of Apocalypse, disgusting, but he had a little bit of weight and, and 
emotional depth to the character at least but i'm keen for this where are you at i've never played a metal gear game um but (laughs) him like as an actor oscar isaac is brilliant i love him um I, there was already boss logic already kind of you know put it out into the universe um of a you know an idea or a concept of him um you know being snake i actually love the video where like that little video that this person's linked to the, the interview where he said like you know i'm gonna put my hat in the ring for like a metal gig you know movie and then the person said oh who would you play and he just goes snake man like yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, no hesitation no just hesitation. straight out there it's almost like questioning that person like snake of course and it, it works i can see it i can totally totally see it and i think he's he's the right age he's proven himself to be of the right like you know dedication to a role um so and the fact that he already wanted it should you know do credit that he obviously knows what he's in for he knows who he's playing and he probably understands the importance of this role in this movie so it's exciting Especially for something that I'm not really attached to. Yeah, like I'm curious to see, and we've had a little bit of chatter this morning with with a few peeps on uh, on like Facebook Messenger about how they'd had how they'd bring this to screen. Like Jordan Voigt Roberts is the the man behind it. He's apparently been involved for like two to three years as far as writing a script and, and fleshing out a story. Uh, most notably, he did Kong Skull Island, uh, which which I think was a great film. Look look great, uh, really cool creature-based combat stuff like that uh, very talented sort of actor i mean a very talented writer slash director so yeah i'm keen to see what they do as far as where they focus this story are they going to do it off the the sort of the original game or are they going to get a little bit creative and and sort of cherry pick the best parts of a few of the games and weave it in or is it going to be a completely new story just bringing in some of those characters but yeah oscar isaac as um as snake I could see this going very, very well. Uh, he's just a just a very cool person to watch on screen, and um, yeah, I think he'll he'll lend himself nicely to Snake and, and um, his cigarette smoking prowess. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens. Like obviously, this movie's still probably three to four years away, to be honest. Maybe longer. Who knows? But at mm. least at least things are in motion, and um, there's a chance that we could actually get another good video game to film adaptation we don't say that very often so uh because yeah, we're not going to get it with monster hunter are we no that's still <laughs> coming out around christmas my god that's going to be trash but you know what might be good is uh the mortal Kombat movie coming out next year uh which is also on that hbo max slate i've got fingers hopes crossed, and dreams man. fingers fingers crossed so so bad yeah and on that front did you see they've got the the skins that have just come out where they've brought the the og Mortal Kombat film actors' likenesses in for the skins oh, for Raiden, Johnny I Cage, and Sonya Blade. Did I did see that actually? Yeah. I, um, I got to like, say though, Sonya Blade yeah. looks nothing like Bridget Wilson Sampras at all. Maybe um, she just didn't agree to to have her likeness in the game, and they just went, "Oh, we'll get as close as we can without you suing us." So yeah, she looks nothing like the character from the film. Actually, speaking of Mortal Kombat, I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but there's a video out there. I'm pretty certain it was Ed Boon, like, just going through all the current friendships. And, like, I I love Mortal Kombat friendships. So, like, just going through, like, like every single friendship of the current Mortal Kombat franchise and just, like... like going into the process of why it got selected and why it's that way and how it's funny and little details and stuff like that go look on youtube Uh, it's really great 
I'll have to check it out. I love friendships. Brutalities, babalities, animalities. I loved all those. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was a, it was always a great thing. Like I know I I maybe I could only do one. I'm almost certain I could do one of the friendships, but um it was always tricky. So like I love that they always incorporate them and bring them back and especially in Mortal Kombat um eleven. Is that where we're at now? Eleven. Yep, we are um, indeed. So um and then just obviously seeing our characters just with more detail and then seeing these friendships with the great details. So mm. yeah. Lots of fun. Hell yeah. But that brings us to the tail end of uh, The Hungry Gamers episode 221. Um, some quick words. Uh, be sure to head on over to uh, our Twitter account at WeAre8Bit and um, find the link there for two Google Forms uh, where you can get your voices heard for our end of year extravaganza and Festivus episodes. Uh, get your entries in and you can go in the running to win yourself an Audio Technica gaming headset, as well as some 8-bit swag. Uh, so we've got two little little sort of prize packs to give away there, one for each of those episodes. So uh, the end of year extravaganza is happening next week. So that will be our episode 221 equivalent. And then the following week is our last episode for the year, and that's Festivus for the rest of us, where we are airing our gaming grievances out. So have your grievances or end of year thoughts heard. Uh, just jump on. Google Doc, oh, Google Form, sorry. Very quick and easy to fill out. Take you five minutes to do both. And uh, if you want to take it to the next level, so you can send us an audio bite of some of those answers if you'd like, uh, hello at 8bit.net, just email an MP3 or a WAV through there. Or if you've just uploaded it, just send us a link to, to wherever we can download that and we'll get that played out and responded to on our last two episodes of the year. But Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we uh, close the studio down for the third no. last time for the year? No, I just hope that there's a free pizza coming my way. Ooh, yeah. Me too, actually. What happens <laughs> if it's a tie? Do we just buy a pizza eats and cancels out? I guess so. Or we just buy a pizza for ourselves and then just take a photo of it. <laughs> Cheers. Jump on Zoom, yeah. Just eat it That's together. It. Pizza party. <laughs> All right. 8-Bit Nation, it's been our pleasure to bring you episode 221 of THG. But until next week, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I got nothing. <laughs> I've been trying to think of something to say and I'm like, yeah, I got nothing today. I got a couple of pimples though and that fucking sucks. I feel like I'm 12. <laughs>